Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the 16 Bitchin' Podcast, part of the Retro Refresh family that can be found in many podcasty places and YouTube if you can't be asked with said podcasty places. And today is another special one. We have a YouTuber who has recently hit 5,000 fucking subscribers, so I secretly, not so secretly, hate him. But never mind. Today's special guest is Retro Wolf. 88. Exactly. Because I nearly forgot, twat. <laughs> it's because you don't have a video in front of me. It just says Retro Wolf, so I forgot the 88. Hey, that's okay. That's okay, man. I mean, look, the most important part is the Retro Wolf part, so if you forget the 88, that's fine. I'm guessing the 88 is because you were born in 88, yeah? Exactly. I was born in 88, man. So There you go. Educated guests. I'm not as stupid as I look, sound, and smell. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see, you've recently hit 5,000 subscribers, but that doesn't mean everybody knows about your channel. So how would you describe it? How would you describe the Retro Wolf 88 channel? So first of all, I want to say thank you to you for having me on here, man. I really appreciate it. I love doing stuff like this. And uh, actually, Tom from Do You Nerd turned me on to your channel. And this morning, I realized I wasn't freaking subscribed to your channel. I just realized that this morning. So I'm like, what the hell, Matt? Why are you not subscribed to Sega Head's channel? So I hit that subscribe button this morning, so I rectified that. Uh, but anyway, so my channel, uh, my channel's constantly evolved uh, since I started doing it three years ago. I'm always changing things up a little bit. So these days, I do a lot of focus on GameCube. So I, I cover a lot of GameCube topics. Um, every month, I review a GameCube game in a series called GameCube Gallery. Um, and then I do, you know, just any other random sort of video that that I want to do, whether it's on retro gaming, modern gaming, or anything in between. And here lately, I've started doing a new hunting series. Um, so my first hunt video game hunting episode came out a couple of weeks ago, turned out really good, very, very happy with it. Um, so I'm excited to get that series going. But one other thing I want to mention is I do have a second channel that actually, if you've never watched it, man, I think you will fucking love it because it's hilarious. I it's think called I've Mama Retro. It. Yeah, Mama Retro, man. It's where I sit my mom down and have her play games. And normally that might not make for exciting content, but the thing about it is my mom is extremely fucking eccentric, borderline crazy, and the way she reacts to video games is insane, and it leads to just so many hilarious moments, and she's unpredictable. You never know what she's going to say or do, and she physically abuses me during the video, so there's that too. I've seen some of that. <laughs> I've actually seen more of her videos than I have yours. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I know. But yeah, you're right. She's quite a fucking character. She is she funny is. as hell. <laughs> oh, I have a request, actually. You've got to get her to play because I know you quite enjoyed playing it. This is not my fault. I want to put that out there. Tom would do you know it made you do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Flintstones on Mast system. He thought it'd be funny to make you play it. Now, what's your quick review of that game? Well... Let me start with the good. I like good. the visual. I like the visuals. I like the visuals. They they were okay. Okay. That's all the good. That's the only good. I I somewhat enjoyed the visuals. Everything else was pure shit. The game gives you <laughs> absolutely no direction as to what you're supposed to do. You just have to click buttons and figure shit out. It makes no sense. Why am I painting a wall in a Flintstones game? And why am I tr putting a baby back in a crib or whatever the hell it was? It, it just it. Oh God, dude, ah. fuck that game. The bigger question, I only notice this now that I'm an adult, because this game I had as a kid, right, is for some reason you're painting a wall. The bigger mm -hmm. question is, why are you not putting on a roof? I can see the sky. <laughs> this house doesn't have a fucking roof. Why am I yeah. painting the walls? That is a good question, man. And I don't have the answer. Nobody does. Did you get past level one? I did not, but I feel like if I had tried it a second time, I could oh. have passed level one, but I would honestly, I would honestly rather, I would honestly rather eat an entire clip of bullets then play that game again i want to see you and your mum play that game and get the level three i don't expect you to get yeah. to the final level because yeah. most people can't but i want to see you get to the third level hey listen i think that would make for a funny episode so we'll, we'll see if we can make it happen oh there'd be a few fucks thrown in the air then guaranteed <laughs> yeah yeah and then she would slap me every time i say it but in the last mama retro episode that we filmed recently i was i was able to get her to say fluck not fuck, but fluck. I was able to get her to say flucking. So are you so, a bit hey. down with swearing? You try to minimize that on YouTube? 
I, it depends on the video. It depends on the video on my channel. I try to keep it. I try to keep it to a minimum. Um, it just depends uh, on the podcast. Sometimes I'll let it rip and some videos I'll, I'll let them go. And then sometimes I'll censor it because sometimes I think it's funny when you censor it in, in certain contexts, it can be funny. Yeah. The sensor beep sound alone, for some reason, that's always a funny sound. Yeah, it really is, man. So yeah, it just depends on the video. So that's your channel and that's your mum's channel. What about your podcast? It's called Retro Wolf 88 Podcast then. Uh, just Retro Wolf Podcast because ah. Retro Wolf 88 Podcast just doesn't flow. <laughs> you, you see, know? people, I can't fucking get it right. I'm wrong yeah. one way or the other. <laughs> so what's the podcast about? Um, I mean, really, so I've got, so it's me and uh, I, I recently brought on some co-hosts, two really good friends of mine. They have a YouTube channel called Retro Gaming Pandemic. They're a fairly new channel um, right at 400 subs. Uh, so they're my co-hosts on the podcast because I got tired of doing it by myself. I was like, you know what? I'll bring some co-hosts on, see how that goes. And it's been great. And we started doing it live as well, which adds a whole new dynamic because you got the audience interaction. You got trolls coming in and shit. So that's always fun. But we try to bring on guests, um, guests of all, you know, just not just YouTube, but like YouTube, everything from big YouTubers to small YouTubers, everything in between. But even some guests outside of YouTube as well. Um, and we've got a lot of pretty exciting guests lined up for the future that I think is going to be pretty cool, yourself included. Yeah, the only pistol we have is fucking time difference. Jesus, yes. it's been a pain <laughs> in the ass. Yeah, for real. So let's see then. What would you say is your best YouTube moment, memory-wise, and the worst? Can you think of them? Oh, yeah, that's a, dude, that's a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that question before. I can't tell if that's fucking sarcasm or not. <laughs> no i'm sitting no dude i'm serious no no joe dude nobody's ever asked me that question before so my mm. so my best and favorite youtube moment yeah let's see man that's that's a tough one dude that is a tough one so all right if we're talking strictly in terms of my youtube channel the content that sort of thing i would have to say um a, two videos that i made uh called the first one was called 10 things you can do with a GameCube. And then I made a sequel to it. Those are the most batshit crazy videos that I've ever made. They're extremely over the top, very stupid, very cringy. I mean, dude, I literally try to grill a hamburger patty on a GameCube. I, I use <laughs> a, I use a GameCube as a cookie jar. I use a GameCube as a booster seed, as a just all kinds of crazy shit, dude. It's really, it, it was just so, it was just an idea that struck me while I was at work, man. I was like, I was at work and I was like, what if I made a video where I show people different things you can do with a GameCube that has nothing to do with playing video games? And then I just fucking the first video, dude, I got off work and I literally just improvised the entire thing just off the cuff. And it turned out hilarious. And then I made a sequel, which was a little less improvised, but even crazier. Uh, I, I used the GameCube as drum sets, just just all kinds of wild shit. So that's probably one of my favorite uh, moments as far as the content goes but i mean outside of that just to throw a second one in there uh just all the awesome people that i've got to meet and become friends with that's the number one thing that i've gotten out of youtube you do and meet sure a lot you, of people doing this shit don't you yeah a lot of cool people too man for sure so there you are everyone you know what kind of video to look out for on his channel by the way the link will be in the description of this podcast wherever you're watching or listening to it but what's the worst thing that's happened it, the worst thing you can think mm -hmm. of right now Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first off, I want to say when you watch, if you get a chance to watch those videos, I'm really curious to, to get your reaction and see what you think about them. I think you're going to enjoy them. Okay. Uh, they're, I think they're right up your alley. Now, as far as the worst. Um, okay. So this is kind of fucking funny, dude. So I, so one of my episodes of GameCube gallery, I reviewed a game, a racing game, a cell shaded racing game called auto modelista. And it was one of the worst racing games I've ever played in my life, mainly because the driving physics were just pure shit, dude. It was the worst controlled racing game I've ever played in my life. It was awful. So I put out that video and I completely shit on the game as it deserved to be shit on it. It had a few good qualities that I pointed out. Um, and the video turned out really good. But here's the funny thing. And I don't know if this is necessarily the worst moment, but it, it I got a kick out of it. But it was, but it also it shows off the negative aspect of the community. I had 
the entire fucking auto modelista fan base come after me in that video and just start Ooh. talking all kinds of shit in the comments. It was literally a, an auto modelista discord fan page, like 12 people on there. So the 12 fans of auto modelista that are out there in the world came and attacked me on the channel. They were like, you're just shit at the game. You suck. You got to get good. And I'm like, bro, you could spend a thousand hours playing Superman 64 and probably master the game and be able to play it and make it look easy. That does not make it a fucking good game. That just yeah. means that you wasted a thousand hours of your life getting good at a game that controls and plays like shit. Well, that's kind of like auto model East, except it's not as bad as Superman 64. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's the only kind of situation that popped into my head. Just some of the negativity of the community that can happen sometimes. Oh yeah. Most of them come out of Reddit. I've been attacked yeah. a few times over the, the stupidest of things. I won't go into it because it's not about me, but yeah, there's some people out there. Like if you attack any game, mm -hmm. even the worst games in the world, it will still have a fan base just because when people grow up with a game, you haven't got a lot of choice. Sometimes that's the mm -hmm. only thing you get. So you think, Oh, this game's brilliant. No, I grew yeah. up with a, terminator terminator 2 on game boy it's ljn and it's shit you get one life <laughs> no continues it's bollocks but Ooh. i have fond memories of it even though it's a uh, yeah crap crap flavored ice cream it's not worth playing yeah and and you know it's just the, the the freaking world we live in man people can't handle other people's opinions for some reason people get so upset at another person's opinion, which at the end of the day, why do you give a fuck about somebody else's opinion? Formulate your own opinion, have your own thoughts on things. And I would never like, dude, if you told me right now, Matt, I fucking love auto modelista. I would be like, well, awesome, man. I'm glad you like it. I hated it, but I'm glad you like it. I wouldn't shit on you for liking a game that I hate or vice versa. If you hated a game that I love, I'm not going to you know, attack you for it. It's just weird, man. It, people are weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's the best way to react. It's just like, you enjoy it? Good. I'm glad someone does. Yeah. Uh, have you ever played uh, Heart of Darkness on PS1? I have not. Never even heard of that game. Good for you. I, I was made <laughs> to do a Let's Play, and uh, I gave it my all. I really did. But I must have died a thousand fucking times. And every Ooh. time I got to a new screen, because it's kind of like Abe's Exodus in game style, mm -hmm. I, ju I just found a new way to die. And then another new way to die. I thought, this game is shit. <laughs> but I knew that it would have been funny for people watching me die so much. So I thought, oh, well, at least the video, uh, the video will be funny to watch. That's the main thing. And then a big fan base came out. And I thought, oh, no, they're going to be pissed at me. But they weren't. They wanted me to continue. I thought, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, no. And now to this day, I've got people saying, when are you going to do a part seven? Like, I'm amazed I got it to six. <laughs> I thought the game was utter trash, but people love it. I don't yeah, know yeah. why. Yeah, that's I funny, hope you man. never have to play that one. Well, now I'm intrigued. Now I kind of have to check it out. Oh, dear. Whoops. Maybe I should have <laughs> kept my mouth shut. Right. So we know who you are now. You're successful. Whereas, to be fair, I think you're the most successful person that's been on this podcast so far. Uh, no. Second. Second most successful. But I still hate you. <laughs> hey man, listen, I don't even <laughs> I don't even consider myself successful yet. I mean, yeah, the channel's doing good and I'm very uh humbled and proud to to reach 5,000 subscribers. That's not so dude, when I started this channel, I didn't even think I'd get to 100 subscribers. You know what I mean? And I, and mm -hmm. I'm sure you can relate to that. Um because everybody when you start a channel, you're like, well, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I don't know if I'm going to hit 100. I don't know if I'm ever going to hit 1,000. But I mean, if you stick with it, you know, if you stick with it and just stay consistent and try to put out a quality product, eventually these things will happen, you know? Is that what you say the secret is then? Because everyone wants to know a so-called secret, even though I know there isn't one. But yeah, a no. secret to success is just keep making the product good and worth watching and just stick with it, even when times seem a bit down. Man, that's, that's you know that's a, a really hard question to answer because there's so many factors that go into it you know i mean networking plays a big role into it i but the number one thing i like to tell people is just to make sure that you always maintain the passion and make sure you're you're you're, you're having fun and you're passionate about what you're making because if you, if you get to the point to where it stops being fun and you stop being passionate about it and it starts to feel like work then that's when things are going to start going downhill yeah 
I mean, the only advice I've ever given to people is um, whatever you do, don't, if you go do video games, be they retro or modern, don't cover too many obscure games because no yeah. fucker's searching for them. So no yep. fucker's going to find your video. That's true. That's true. Unless you can like mix in an obscure game with a video where you're talking about other games that are not obscure, like a list video, then maybe you can get away with it. But, yeah, if you covered it during, say, if you go to a video all about GameCube, and then you got to a point where you think, now I can talk about this game that no fucker's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then they're already watching the video. But if it's yeah. just that game, you're probably not going to do too well. Oh yeah, yeah. And another thing that I tell people is, if you're going to start doing YouTube and you have intention of growing in a channel and trying to make it successful, you better get some thick fucking skin very quickly, and you better <laughs> learn to not listen to uh shit that people say about you and to you in comments and stuff like that because if you don't have a thick skin and you let that shit get to you it's just gonna ruin your day now i'm really intrigued i want to know what someone said to you yeah just you know just anything and everything you can think of man i've had you know it just depends on the video you most of my audience i would say 99 percent of my audience is amazing just awesome people but you get that one percent of fucker that either they hate you or they're trying to be a troll or they're just a real negative, just I hate everything kind of person. And they just get in there and they try to ruin your day. And you just got to you just got to ignore that shit and let it slide off your shoulder and not even interact with those people. That's really the best thing to do. Just ignore them and not interact. I I do the opposite. I tend to laugh <laughs> at them and say, thanks for enjoying. Click subscribe. And that makes them angrier. Good. That was easy. That that's a good way to handle it too. That's definitely a good approach. But what what you shouldn't do is like try to engage and argue with them. And no, come, that doesn't come. work ever. Yeah. yeah, that's what they want half the time, anyways. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I've had people. The number one thing I get is uh, one, my energy in videos is fake. It's like no, I think I just have too much coffee, and sometimes I'm buzzing. <laughs> the other one is apparently I have psycho eyes, which just makes me laugh. Serial <laughs> hey, killer that eyes. That's it. Hey, man, listen, that's a compliment. I take that as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we've covered you and we've covered your insanity and we've covered your mum. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound right no matter how <laughs> I put it. So fuck nope. it. Never mind. I tried. So we're going to go on to your free games. So for your modern game, what have you picked? Okay. So it was, you know, man, you know, when anytime somebody asks you to, pick games like this it's always a tough decision so i kind of went the route of i'm gonna pick games based on stuff that i've played recently and also um a, a, at least one game that i feel like hasn't got the recognition that it deserves and that so the modern game that i chose is called kenna bridge of spirits out uh very recently just a few months ago as a matter of fact um sometime late 2021 it came out i can't remember the exact date but anyways came out on uh ps4 ps5 i don't think it came out on anything else i think it was a playstation exclusive but i could be wrong don't quote me on that dude it's it's a fucking incredible game and here's the thing nobody's talking about this game really nobody's really covering this game it did not get the recognition that it deserves because number one the visuals are are just beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful game to play from a from a visual standpoint and an art direction standpoint. It looks phenomenal. It it really looks like you're playing a um a, like a Pixar, like a Disney Pixar um kind of it, it, you know uh, whenever you watch a good Disney Pixar film, the visual style it kind of looks like that, but a little more video gamey. But that is, isn't even the best part about it. And I have a feeling that's kind of what turns people off of it. They see the cover of it and you see the cover of it and you're like, well, that just looks like some kind of Disney Pixar game. But dude, let me tell you something. This game is deceiving. This game will bend you over, take your pants off and beat your ass with a wooden board with sandpaper strapped to it. This Ooh, is an extreme. I think I'd enjoy it just for that. Dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> dude, this game is hard as shit. And you, dude, when you see the game, you're like, well, that doesn't, that looks like, you know, that doesn't look like it's going to be a hard game. This game will fucking kick your ass, even on the normal difficulty. Let me just put it this way. Before I played this game, I beat Dark Souls 2 for the first time, which is one of my freaking biggest achievements in gaming is beating that game. And when I played Kenna Bridge of Spirits, some of the boss fights in Kenna Bridge of Spirits gave me a harder time than almost any boss fight in Dark Souls 2. Shit. Dude, the boss fights in this game are extremely intense and extremely difficult. They will kill you fast. You have to use, you have to learn their patterns, use all the moves at your disposal. Um, and even the combat with regular enemies is, is hard as hell and, and really nuanced and, and just action-packed. The game has, it, it's it's kind of, a, it's a big world. It's not an open world, but it's a big world that opens up as you play the game, sort of like a Metroidvania. You get new abilities and now you can access other parts of the world or you can go back to older areas and find new upgrades and stuff like that. I've always liked and, it when a game has that kind of feature. Uh, I should point yeah. out, just to get the picture in people's heads. So this is apparently, I'm looking at it, I've not played the game, mm -hmm. but it's action adventure, third yep. person. Yep. The character, she doesn't look too special. She seems to be a wizard or some magician shit from first appearance. What is yeah, that? She, she's carrying a staff or some sort so, of magic arrow. So yeah, so she's a spirit guide. Um, so her role in this world is to try to guide lost souls um, out of this realm and into whatever the afterlife is that's mm. kind of her role in the game and so a lot of these spirits are angry and so you end up fighting them and that's what a lot of the boss fights are they're spirits that are angry for whatever reason and they've become violent so you have to fight them and kind of tame them and, and help guide them uh into the afterlife so that uh staff she has it's like well number one it's her main weapon used for melee combat uh, ranged combat and a lot of magical attacks and abilities, but it's also like um, it has something to do with spirits. So it's not really magic per se, but yeah. So it apparently came out, and as you say, PS4 and PS5, it also came out on Microsoft Windows, but it doesn't say it came out Xbox. So I guess it's just yeah. PC. Yep. Um, is there some level of customization you can do with the game or something because i'm looking at this uh digital library of animated expressions for kenner i'm not sure if that's part of the game or if it's just some bullshit they threw in that sounds like some bullshit they threw in but i mean you do have like a skill tree in the game so you you know as you play you get experience points and you get to get different upgrades and unlock new moves and abilities um and also i you know one thing other thing i want to mention is the world is a blast to explore man especially once you you get new abilities that enable you to go back to older areas but there's also a lot of really devious puzzles to solve as well in the game so it's man it's just great dude like i can't recommend it enough to people and it really pisses me off that it's not getting the uh the recognition and the attention that it really deserves well it has won two awards yeah it has won awards uh i will give it that but it's like nobody's talking about the game man like in the gaming community just like, i had never heard of it until you yeah. said this is one of the games i want to talk about but it's got best independent game and best debut indie game so it's an indie game but it's modern because it was september last year it came out so fuck it it's for the modern one today yeah but and it's one of those things where yeah technically it's an indie game but also sony <laughs> sony um funded it sony funded the project so it's it doesn't feel like an indie game it feels like a big budget triple a game it does look fucking nice. I have to say, it's quite colorful. It uh, is. The, the world around her seems bloody huge, but I'm not sure of how far you can go without playing it, of course. It's, it's pretty big, man. Like, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing on the scale of like an open world game, but it's a pretty big world. There's a lot to explore and a lot to see. Um, and the way that it's all kind of interconnected is pretty cool. I wonder how much this game costs now. I'm actually very curious. Um, I want to say I paid $50 for my PS5 copy, but I could be wrong about that. Actually, that's one thing it does say here. It says the uh, PS5 version was the most downloaded digital game of uh, the month it was released, September last year. Interesting. Well, people aren't talking about it. <laughs> so at least online, man. Like, I don't know, man. I just don't see anybody talking about this game. It probably will get spoken about more soon. There's hints of it coming out on the switch and maybe xbox but mm -hmm. 
who knows just because we're in that weird weird time between consoles right now having said that ps5 has been out for over a fucking year so you think everyone would have just gone there Mm -hmm. but no i don't have a ps5 i've not got much reason to get one right now yeah i mean the only exclusive game is returnal and uh ratchet and clank those are really well and demon souls so demon souls returnal ratchet and clank those are really the only well yeah death loop death loop would be too but it's fixing to be going to xbox probably later this year so yeah i get it it, it looks like a fun game this uh kenna one but obviously i'd get the ps4 one i don't know how much yeah. difference there would be between the two games i there's probably not really maybe just slightly lowered resolution, you know, but it, I, I doubt there's much of a difference. How long did it take you to beat the game then? Um, I want to say it was somewhere around maybe 15 hours, 10 to 15 hours. So it's a good short game then. That's good for someone who's old like me. Yeah, and I binge played it too, dude. I couldn't put it down. I could not put it down. So I pl- I played it and beat it in a matter of like three or four days. I was just, I was hooked. Ugh. I wish and I had also, the option to binge play games, fucking kids <laughs> and family and responsibilities. Life, man, life. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Definitely <laughs> don't, don't recommend it. <laughs> What's the alternative? This game out. What's the alternative to life? Uh, yeah. Happiness, yeah. <laughs> freedom. Many call it death, but it's, it doesn't sound yeah. like too bad of an option. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to check out this kind of Bridge of Spirits. It doesn't sound like there's much more to say about it other than the fact that I need to get it. Yeah, and and don't let don't let the looks of it fool you, man. This is an extremely challenging game. As a matter of fact, after I beat it, I was curious if I was the only person that thought that, and I, so I looked it up. I just Googled Kenna Bridge of Spirits. It's hard. And, yeah, I'm not the only one. There's a lot. Of, there's people that struggled with the difficulty. Um, it's certainly challenging. I'll be screaming your name soon then. Fuck you, Matt, getting me this damn game. Can't beat it. It's bullshit. Rigged. Hate it. Crap. Nah, dude. Nah, dude. You'll you'll, you'll be able to beat it, man. And it's not challenging in a frustrating way. It's challenging in a you just have to get good at the game. You have to learn the patterns of the boss fights. Once you learn the patterns of the boss fights, they end up not being that difficult. But it takes – you'll die several times before you learn the patterns Mm. because they will fuck you up really fast. So the world that Ken is in is very foresty-like world, but I see what you mean about Pixar. Yeah, everything yep, sure. about it looks so Pixar-y. Oh yeah, the story in the game is straight up like a Pixar movie for sure. Man. <laughs> yeah, there's this one picture I've got to. I have to describe it to you. It looks like she's got a thing on her shoulder, like a rock with furry leaf hair smiling <laughs> away. At her. What the fuck is that? So that's you know what I'm glad you brought that up because that's a mechanic that I forgot to uh, to mention. So these things they're called I, I want to say I'm trying to remember man because it's been a few months. I want to say they're called rot. They're called the rot maybe. The rot. They're these As yeah in rotting so the, away. Yeah yeah something like that. So they're like these little creatures that you collect as you play the game. You find them hidden in different areas and they follow you around and. It's almost like Pikmin in a way, man. You get to command you command them to do different things. So you use them to solve puzzles and you also use them in combat as well. They have very com- various combat abilities. You use um, that fucking thing in combat. The only use I can think of saying that cutesy looking is to throw it at a tiger. Oh no, dude. It's like literally a giant horde of them that you amass through the game. So you've got like, you know, 20 or 30 of them at a time that you can use. Um, so they'll like distract enemies or they'll pile on an enemy and like, you know, hold him in place and almost stun him for a minute to give you a chance to get some attacks in just different stuff like that. Right. Okay. That's a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, this game's got a little bit of Pikmin in it, man. Oddly enough. It does look like it's got a lot to offer. I see what you mean about people taking one look at the cover and then going nah and turning away. Everyone just wants realistic graphics. This Pixar sort of image. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. Adult gamers tend to just go over it when browsing through games. That'll be the one they skip. Yeah, and that's a shame too, man, because people miss out on some amazing gaming experiences with that kind of mentality. Fuck me, I'm going to have to spend more money. So thanks for that, Matt. Thanks a lot. Hey, you're, you're welcome, dude. Hey, if you, yeah. play it, if you play it, let me know what you think about it, man. I'm real curious. It sounds like there will be a few fucks thrown in the air, and it'll be your fault. 
Dude, I dude, there were some boss fights that I fucking rage quit multiple times on, especially <laughs> dude. Especially Good, now I feel like I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it will piss you off, um, but not in a frustrating way. Just in a you're getting your ass kicked way. This sounds like karma for getting your mum to play Flintstones, which she a better bloody do now. <laughs> hey, yeah, I think, dude, she will roast that game. She will roast that game. I, I just know she will. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Well, there you are, everyone. That's Ken of Bridge of Spirits. We're moving on now to your retro game, which is, of course, GameCube. I have to ask, mm-hmm. before we go on to the game title, why is GameCube such a big thing for you? You were born just a year after me, so GameCube mm-hmm. was still way down the line. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up with NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64, all that good stuff. I grew up with all that good stuff, played the hell out of all that, all that stuff, but... It wasn't until the GameCube came out that I really started to consider myself a gamer. So I got a GameCube Christmas 2001 with Luigi's Mansion, and it fucking blew me away, dude. Because going from the Nintendo 64 to a GameCube, that's a huge jump, huge jump. And it just absolutely blew my mind, the graphics in Luigi's Mansion, uh, the, the lighting effects, um and from that point on i just became obsessed with the gamecube and also that shortly after that well yeah about three or four years after that into the life cycle of the gamecube i um got my first job so i was making my own money and so for the first time in my life i was able to buy my own games and the only console that i had at the time was the gamecube well i take that back i did have a ps2 and an xbox but i didn't play them as much so i kind of went crazy um you know, every day, every time I would get paid, there would there would be a uh, used game store down the road. I would leave work, go there, buy some used GameCube games. So I amassed about ninety GameCube games before I sold them like a dumbass later on in life. Uh... Like we, yeah, yeah, which makes me sad. Um, but yeah, so the GameCube, man, it I don't know, it just um, it was the console that really that really solidified me as a gamer. Um, and so it's, but it's not all nostalgia. That's not the the only reason why I love it. I love the library. It, it has an amazing library of games. Now, I'll be the first to admit, it doesn't have as amazing of a library as the PS2 does. The PS2 just has a ridiculous library, but the GameCube definitely has a ton of just incredible titles, especially from a first-party perspective, and even several exclusive games that only came out on the GameCube that weren't first-party games. So I just... Love the lot, love the library. And, and, you know, when I started collecting, I decided I'm going to go for a complete GameCube collection, which I did. And then I sold it. <laughs> so now I'm trying to build it back up again. So, yeah, that's, I love hearing little stories like that. I mean, I got a GameCube uh, for two reasons. One, a mate of mine had got the game, Game Boy adapter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he got it. He lost the receipt. He decided he didn't want it. So he sold it to me for cheap. And I thought, I've bought this, but I don't have the fucking system to plug it mm-hmm. into. It's just I grew up with Game Boy and I thought, oh, the ability to play them on telly because I missed Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a big thing over here, so yeah, I didn't right. even know there was an adapter at the time. So I uh, got the got the GameCube adapter. Uh, fuck you, Game Boy adapter for GameCube. <laughs> um, and I thought, right, need the console, need the console. And then they brought out the black one that came with Pokemon Coliseum. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, brilliant. Pokemon game. Oh, it's going to be better than Stadium. It's going to be the tits. Can't wait. Buy it. What a piece of fucking shit that game is. <laughs> Boring as F. I hate it. Had to be said. Hey, had to be said, I guess. <laughs> have you played Coliseum? I have not, so I, I don't have any skin in the game on that one. Don't play it. I'm going to eventually. I, I, I hear people say that the single player uh, adventure mode is pretty good, though. No. No? no, it's a book. It's a boring book. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> was Pokemon not much of a thing for you growing up then? Oh, dude, it was huge. Huge. Oh, really? So it was, yeah, yeah. you were and still are a big GameCube fan, but you didn't play that one. That's that's surprising, no. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, man. I just never got it. And, and I loved Pokemon Stadium on, on the Nintendo 64. I played the shit out of it. Played Pokemon oh, yeah. Snap. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I never got those games. Hmm. No wonder you're so much cheerier than me. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I'll find out one day when I play it. Yeah, right. So your retro game then, because I will say to anyone out there, I know some people think GameCube isn't retro, but in my eyes, 
considering the year it came out, it's old mm-hmm. enough. I'd, I'd say it's one of the last ones you could call retro at this point, though. Yeah, so everybody's got a different definition for retro. My definition of retro at this point is any console bef- that w- did not have high-definition capabilities. That's my definition of retro. So I even consider the Wii to be a retro console because it did really? it, it did not have high definition. I always say it's anything over 20 years. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good definition too. There's no the bottom line is there's no definitive like definition of what retro is. It's nah, just everybody's it's all individual. Opinion. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So your retro game then, Metroid Prime. Yes. So I wanted to pick, I mean, look, dude, I could have, there's so many games I could have, I could have chosen for retro, right? So many amazing games, but I wanted to pick something on the GameCube because that's kind of my thing. That's the big thing of my channel is GameCube. Um, And the reason that I chose Metroid Prime is because I've been playing it a lot recently for a uh, episode of GameCube Gallery, which actually comes out. uh, Well, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but the GameCube Gallery episode will release on Sunday, February 27th. So that'll be my review uh, episode for Metroid Prime. So. That will probably come out before this podcast. Yeah. But uh, that's actually a good thing because now people can hear this go, woo, and straight away to your channel to check it out. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, uh, so I've been playing it a lot lately, Metroid Prime, and I, and I played it back in the day when I was younger. Now, back in the day when I was younger and I played it, fucking blew me away, dude. That game blew my mind. Uh, I had just come off of Metroid Fusion because uh, Metroid Fusion released, I want to say, a year before Metroid Prime, or it might have even been the same year, but it released before Metroid Prime. And I remember reading about Metroid Prime and Nintendo Power and, and just thinking to myself, man, this game sounds like it's going to be incredible. But also I was thinking to myself, how are they going to translate the feeling of a 2D Metroid game, the essence of a 2D Metroid game into a 3D format. How's that going to work? But then I remembered, well, they've done it with Mario successfully. They've done it with Zelda successfully. So I'm sure they can do it with, with Metroid successfully. And sure enough, they did. I got the game when I was younger, and it, even though it was 3D and in first person, it felt like a Metroid game. It had the essence of a Metroid game and the same gameplay loop and gameplay mechanics just from a different perspective but i never did beat the game when i was younger i made it to the final boss which metroid prime is the final boss i made it to the final boss got my ass kicked and i never beat the game oh. so i decided yeah yeah and that, i've that's done always, that so many times you always think why did i stop i could have fucking beaten the yeah cunt. yeah man and it's always bothered me so that's part of the reason why I decided to replay it now and do an episode of GameCube Gallery on it, not only to review the game, but also to finally beat it. And I did finally beat it. And that final boss is a bitch. That final boss fight <laughs> is a bitch. It took me three tries, um, which isn't too bad, but I finally beat the game. Um, so Metroid Prime is just, man, it's just it's just a phenomenal game all, all the way around. It's The graphics are some of the best on the GameCube. It is visually stunning with amazing texture work, amazing visual effects. Um, It runs buttery smooth. The gameplay is fantastic. Like I said, it really captures the essence of a 2D Metroid game, but in a 3D format. And even though it's first person, make no mistake, this is not a first person shooter. This is a first person action adventure game. Mm. It does not play and feel like a first person shooter. It's kind of slower paced, more methodical, um you and you it doesn't use a dual analog setup like first person shooter games do you uh move freely with the with the with the left stick and you lock on the enemies so you lock on now you can free aim by holding down the right trigger you can free aim but mostly you lock on the enemies and you strafe around them kind of like you do in Zelda you lock onto an enemy you stray in a 3D Zelda game and you strafe around them and you attack them so it's similar except you're using you know ranged attacks beam attacks and missiles and shit But um, the game has amazing puzzles, amazing exploration, amazing progression. One of my favorite things about it, though, and this is something I feel like people don't talk about enough. So the story is fantastic. It has a really good story. But here's the cool thing about this game. 
This game does not throw the story in your face. They're, they're, the only character in this game is Sam, Samus. There are no other characters in this game. So it, it has a strong feeling of isolation and loneliness to it. There's no other, there's no dialogue. You learn about the story by scanning the environment and you get bits and pieces of the story by gathering information from the planet you're on and you slowly start to piece together what's what's going on on your own so if you have no interest in the story you can completely ignore it and just focus on the game but it doesn't shove the story in your face it's there if you want it but you don't have to focus on it if that makes sense i'm so glad you mentioned the scanning because i was just thinking as you were mentioning it i didn't grow up with it as a kid i really i wish i did because that would have blown my mind back then, but mm-hmm. I didn't get it for years later. It's like, oh, fuck, I, I had been missing out. I haven't beaten the game. It's hard. To be honest, now you're talking about it again. It's like, maybe I'll play that later. I don't really have anything right now I'm focusing on, so maybe, mm-hmm. I, maybe I'll crack that out. But um, I always thought I'm such a nerd. I would go in a room, make sure I'd killed everything in there first. Yeah. Then I would scan fucking everything i would try to scan the chair (laughs) the chewing gum under the table i am that sad dude i did the same thing man yeah it's it's strangely addictive isn't it like Mm -hmm. i have to scan everything i must not miss anything yeah it is it is and you have to make sure you scan bosses before you kill them because you'll never get to scan them again if you don't um so because that's part of the the, if you're trying to 100 complete the game you got to ski. You got to get all the scans in your logbook to try to one hundred percent it. Did That's you one hundred percent it or? Nah, it- dude, I'm not a I'm not a one hundred percent kind of person. I'm a beat I'm a beat the game and move on to a new experience kind of person. Now there are a yeah. few games that I one hundred percent if it's actually you know conceivable to one hundred percent it without spending hundreds of hours. Yeah, that's what it comes down to in the end, isn't it? How much time yeah. it's going to take here. I mean, I never used to bother with uh, being a completionist because it was just like, no, I beat it. I enjoyed it. I've had my fun. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. But then they brought out the trophy system. It'd be like, oh, to prove you're a master at the game, one, go here and shoot this guy. Two, beat this boss with a stick instead of a gun. <laughs> Three, all yeah. of this crap. And you think, if I get all of these poxy little things, that means I have 100% of the game. You think, mm-hmm. huh. I would always get a game now, look at the trophy list. If I think it's doable and I want to do it, yes. But then every so often you'll get a game where it's like, get 7 million points on this. No, I don't want to. Yeah, or beat this boss on the hardest difficulty without getting hit or some crazy shit like that. Oh, I don't remember The Last of Us. I thought, oh, one of the trophies, complete it on, uh, was it insane mode? I forget the name of it, but the hardest difficulty. I couldn't get out of the first fucking area. Dude, I can't even imagine playing that game on the hardest difficulty. Uh, it's worth trying for a laugh, but yeah. don't go in thinking, I'm going to beat it, because you won't. I only yeah. know one guy that's <laughs> done it, and even then it's like, well done being able to brag it. Unfortunately, you don't realize that's one of them things that nobody else cares about. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you had mentioned you know, maybe uh, playing the game again. So I would recommend waiting, and here's why I say that, because there have been strong rumors lately strong rumors like substantial rumors that even some media outlets have covered that uh nintendo is working on either completely remaking metroid prime or remastering it and re-releasing it on the switch it's either going to be a remaster in crisp hd or it's going to be a complete remake from the ground up we don't know yet but it does sound like that's in the works which would make sense considering metroid prime 4 is on you know is in the works so they you know you would think they would want to get some metroid prime on the switch to get Mm. people ready for metroid prime 4 so i you know it might be worth holding off or do what i did maybe i'll I'll research it a bit then check out these rumors uh yeah i would love to be able to play it on switch because that'll make life a fuckload easier of course and i'll be able to use i'm i admit i'm not a big fan of the gamecube controller that's just me i don't really like it Hey, listen, we can all have wrong opinions from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> you talk as bad as me, twat. But I'll, I'll probably play it on the Wii because I think I can use the Wii Classic controller, which is a little bit comfier for my so, giant hands. So, dude, if you play it on the Wii via the Metroid Prime Trilogy, then you can use Wii Wiimote aiming, and it works very, very well hmm. for Metroid Prime. You can actually manually aim, and it works very, very well. So I would recommend... Uh, getting the Metroid Prime trilogy and playing it that route. 
crap, I don't have the trilogy. I've got the games individually. Uh, maybe I'll look into it, see how expensive it is. It's, I don't know about it in the UK, man, but here in the States, the price is definitely going up on it, especially the special edition. Well, tits. Maybe I'll wait for the Switch then. <laughs> maybe they, to be fair, if they brought out Prime again, chances are they would bring out all of them in one go. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping they just remaster all three of them, drop them all on one cartridge and call it a day. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you'd have to build the games up from scratch again. If make no. them HD, it's piece yeah. of piss for you nowadays. And yeah, then it will definitely all fit in one cartridge. If you build it up from the bottom, yeah, you're only going to be able to get one game on a cart. Mm-hmm. I hope yeah, they don't go with that option because I really don't give a shit. And dude, I've seen I've seen people um, play Metroid Prime on PC on an emulator. I've seen people play it in super crisp HD, and dude, it looks great. Ooh, it looks great. So that's that's really all they need to do. They just need to remaster it in HD, clean up some of the textures, and and just drop that. Just release all three of them. I really need to check out that now do a bit of research see if they are going to release it soon or anything like that see what the rumors say as of now yeah. uh so back to the game yeah it's first person yes it's not like you're sprinting down hallways there's a lot of scanning and getting in touch with the environment as opposed to just walking in a room and fucking annihilating everything but you've yeah. also got the ah shit is it the mechanic where you turn into a ball what's that called the, the morph ball morph ball thank you yep. yep first time you get that in prime it's a little way down the line isn't it well, you have it at the very beginning of the game. Oh, yeah, you get tutorial area, it, don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then but then you get it. I mean, you get it like a couple hours into the game. It doesn't take long to get that ability. Um, you just don't have some of the other along with it, like the more the bomb the bombs and the boost ball and spider ball and shit like that. Mm. That was the only thing I ever found disorientating the first time i played it i guess i wandered off in the wrong direction a bit too much or i just pissed around scanning everything so it took me a fair bit longer before i got the morph ball power back yeah as you say you get stripped of it and at that point i think i'm like am i near a lava pit or some crap something like that i remember rolling to my death a lot (laughs) yeah that can happen for sure yeah i'm good at that that's what but yeah, no, dude, it's I, I love it, man. It, and needless to say, my review of it that's dropping, well, in the past as as of when this comes out, yeah, uh, it's going to be a glowing review. Um, I, you know, I and, and I had a few things to say about it, you know, uh, just to be a little bit more critical. Like towards the end of the game, there is sort of a, a fetch quest that you have to go down that re- go on that really mm-hmm. bogs down the pacing of the game towards the end, and and just that part I didn't like. Um, but I mean, that was really one of the only small nitpicks. There might've been a few other things. I can't remember. It does seem to still be one of the best Metroid games out there, even amongst the 2d ones as well. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. I I definitely think that it is. And it's also one of the highest rated games of all time. It's, if you look at Metacritic, it's currently sitting at, I think 97 out of a hundred, Shit. With like 90 critic reviews, uh, something crazy like that. So it's one of the highest rated games out there. That doesn't surprise me too much when you talk Metroid games. Because like when they announced Dread, I wasn't gutted mm-hmm. that they had gone with this 2D one. I didn't think, oh, the game's shit. No, but I was just thinking, why not Prime? That's yeah. what everyone's been screaming for. So why yeah. haven't you just fucking done that? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's coming. It's in the works, man. I And here's the way I look at it. I want them to take their time on Metroid Prime 4, man. I don't want them to release it until it's ready, until it's a damn near masterpiece. So if that means 2025, I'm okay with that because I, I want I, I want them to create an amazing experience and not rush it. It sucks to have to wait, but at the end of the day, if if the game comes out and it's a masterpiece, it'll be worth it. So what you're saying is it better be perfect or you're going to get violent. That's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Good. Right. Yeah. We better move on now to your indie game. Now, this is an indie game I actually own and have played, but I've only played a little bit, and I can't remember why. I can't remember if I was strapped for time or there was mm-hmm. other things I wanted to play. But at least this time, this fucking time, someone's come on in here and I'm familiar with the indie game they're talking about. Dead Cells.
that's dead cells. So before I get into that, let me tell you what indie game that I was going to be my second choice. I'm not going to go into detail on it, but I, right. but you might, you might. I, I'm, I'm hoping that you've played and beat this game. So I struggled between Dead Cells and Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Oh, <laughs> yep, yep. I know what you're on about, dude. I fucking love Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom, but that's not the game we're talking about. But that was my second choice. Just wanted to throw that out there. I'll have to make sure that if anyone else comes on here in the future, if I could secure anyone else to say, no, you're not allowed to talk about that. Cause if I ever get retro wolf 88 back here, he's talking about that one. So it's not for you. Yeah, dude. I, I love that game. But uh, yeah, so dead cells, man. Dead cells is one of my favorite indie games of all time. It's definitely up there. Um, very, very high on the list. It is a 2d action game with a lot going on because it's a roguelike game. It's all. It also has some Dark Souls inspiration in it to, to a degree. It also has some Metroidvania inspiration to it. But at its core, it is a buttery smooth action, very difficult action game that is a roguelike. So for those of you who aren't familiar with, with what a roguelike is, basically you start the game with basically nothing. And as you play through the run, as you go through the game, you get abilities and you get weapons and you upgrade your character in an effort to try to beat the game. But if you die, you have to start back over from the beginning. You have to start back from scratch. But along the way, every time you die, you will unlock new stuff that will make each run easier and easier over time. And eventually you'll get to the point where you can beat it because you've just unlocked so much stuff by playing and dying and playing and dying. So that's kind of the, the gameplay loop of, of Dead Cells. But what sets Dead Cells apart from other games in this genre is, number one, it's 2D. The controls are buttery smooth. It, it, when you get into a flow in that game, man, and you get good at it, it, it's amazing when you're just freaking blasting through levels, just killing everything in your path with these. Uh, there's tons and tons and tons of weapons, tons of abilities, so every time you play, it can be a completely different experience. There are also branching paths you can take uh, to try to get to the final boss. There's all sorts of branching paths you can take that will take you on completely different levels with completely different aesthetics and different enemies. Um, tons of bosses, tons of secrets in the game. I've never seen an indie game packed with so many secrets um, unless, you, you know, unless you're talking about something like The Binding of Isaac. That game's packed full of secrets. Um, but Dead Cells is, it's incredible. It's hard as shit, but it's one of those things where when you start getting good at the game, it feels so good to play, man. It, and I just, it's, I get addicted to that game every time I play it. I'll sit and play it for hours. It's funny you mentioned the Binding of Isaac because it says here, checking out on Wikipedia, that it is heavily inspired by the Binding of Isaac and uh, many Metroidvania style games. So we can see what you're into there, but it's called a rogue mm -hmm. Vania game which is weird yeah here's, here's something i've forgotten about the game and maybe this is what stopped me playing it getting pissed off it's got <laughs> permadeath yes yeah like any good roguelike if you die you have to start over from the beginning but when you die you, there is progression made between deaths so it's not like you're starting over from complete scratch there's always you're always making progression even after you die so that each playthrough will slowly get easier and easier because you're just unlocking more and more stuff. It's weird how some games do that, isn't it? It starts on the hardest difficulty setting, then gets easier. You think yeah, you go yeah, the yeah. wrong fucking way around, didn't you? Well, here's the beautiful thing about Dead Cells. Once you beat it, you can make the game harder and you can progressively make it harder and harder and unlock even more stuff and find even more secrets. So it encourages you, when you beat the game for the first time, it encourages you to bump it up to that next level of difficulty because there's more new secrets to find if you can conquer that difficulty. Ugh. That sounds both fun and insane. Yeah, so I beat it. I beat it once on the, the base difficulty. I've gotten real close to beating it on that second difficulty level, but I, I haven't quite got there yet. And there's five difficulty levels to get through. Five? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's something that I don't understand, but then it's old man syndrome here the game includes twitch integration 
I don't know what that is. Obviously, it's to do with Twitch, not YouTube. I have no idea what that means. Uh, It says, allowing viewers via the stream's chat to influence the game, such as voting for which upgrade paths the player should take. Okay. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously on the wrong fucking format, so fail. yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, that's not anything that interests me. I just like the game because it's a blast and it's action packed and it's difficult. But once you get good at it, man, it feels amazing when you get good at it because you just you'll be flying through levels, just destroying everything. Where once that level was just completely destroying you, and it feels good whenever you get to that point. Mm. I I do find it funny how all of the reviews it's got, most of them. Most of them are nine out of tens, but Metacritic mm-hmm. will always do the same fucking thing. It's PS4 review is shit. Really? Oh yeah. If you look at it, it's a Switch, eighty nine out of a hundred. PC, mm-hmm. eighty nine out of a hundred. Xbox One, ninety one out of a hundred. PS4 has got the lowest with eighty seven. It's like every review I've checked out when talking about games on this podcast, Metacritic always tends to shit on PS4. It's as if they've got something against it. <laughs> that is weird, man. Yeah, I never knew it until I started this podcast. So I've learned yeah. a thing. That's Not a weird. Thing worth knowing, but well, what's weird about that is the game plays the same on every console. It has the same content on every console, so that just doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, it's two D pixel art, beautiful looking game, but mm-hmm. it really can't be that fucking different on PS4 to say the Switch or something. Surely yeah. not. Yeah, it, it's that's odd, man. I don't, I don't understand that, but. uh but, dude, it, yeah, it, man, it's just such a great game. And it does have Metroidvania elements to it because there are permanent abilities that you can unlock that will enable you to take different paths through the game that you can't take unless you find and unlock those abilities. And then those abilities persist between runs. So it has some Metroidvania aspect. And also when you get these abilities, other areas of the game, you can access more secrets and find more things once you get these abilities. It does seem like this is probably the longest to complete game you've picked today, even longer than Metroid Prime by the look of it. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, yeah, because I mean, this is the game you could literally play for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours if you're trying to unlock everything, if you're trying to beat all the difficulties. You could spend, I mean, I've probably put over 100 hours into it. Easy, um, easy. I wish I had that kind of time. Now this is a hundred hours over the over the course of a long stretch of time. Like since the game released, you know what I mean. Like I'll get in, I'll have moments where I'm like, I'm gonna play some Dead Cells, and then next thing I know, two three weeks have passed, and that's the only game I'm playing. You know, <laughs> that sounds like me with Hollow Knight. I can go months without playing it, and then I'll pick it up, and I won't stop playing it. I'll forget everything else. Dude, please tell me somebody has picked Hollow Knight. Yeah, Hollow Knight's been covered. Don't okay, you worry. Good. Good, good, good. That that game is amazing. Actually, I think uh let's see. I think that one the podcast for that is coming out next Wednesday as we're recording this. Uh just remember people, I record these all random, all mixed up, but I release them one guest, one without, one guest, one without, just to keep it mixed up for variety. Mm-hmm. The problem is when I'm recording, it gets fucking confusing thinking, when is this one coming out? <laughs> right. So yeah. I mean, I've been bloody lucky. I didn't think I'd have this many people willing to be guests for this podcast, but I don't ever seem to have trouble sorting out people to say yes. It's just sorting out fucking time differences. Yeah, man. You know, especially I'm sure a lot of the guests that you get are probably here in the States, so that definitely makes it challenging. I try to get quite a few of Americans because I don't want this to just turn into a British thing. Yeah, right. But so far, uh, let's see, there's been you, Retro Rivals, um, the Nerd Layer, hoping to get Telesplash Gaming, but he's busy as fuck right now. Mm-hmm. Although he has said, he said yes already. But every time I say, are you free this weekend? He's like, oh shit, no. Damn it. When I get him on, I'm going to slag him off to his face on recording. <laughs> then I'll do the podcast. Hey, you should, uh, you should get my co-host for the podcast too, uh, uh, Eric and Jared from Retro Gaming Pandemic. I'm sure they would be more than happy to do it. You'll have to let me know that in Twitter again. Remind yeah. me because I know oh, when, yeah. by the time we stop recording this, I will forget so many things. Yeah, I'll, I'll get you connected with them on Twitter too. So Thank you. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. What else would you say about Dead Cells? I mean, the game has been out for a while now, so I think it's kind of cheap. 
Yeah, you can um, get a yeah, you can get relatively cheap, and there's a ton of DLC that has been released for it. Um, there's of course uh, versions of the game that you can get that have all the DLC. Um, it won Action Game of the Year in I want to say 2020 at the Game Awards. I'm pretty sure it was 2020 that it won Action Game of the Year um, at the Game Awards, and it certainly deserved it because that game is just incredible, man. And and shit, just talking about it's making me want to play it, dude. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do next, then, eh? I can't see any evidence of a an award, but it's it's just yes, not plastered um, all over so for some reason. Google uh, Google the Game Awards dead cells let's have a look i'll have a look at that while you talk about what format you got it on because what, what is it you've been playing it on exactly uh, i play it on the switch just because i can switch from switch i can switch from playing it on the tv to playing i see what yeah. you did there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh but no it uh it plays perfect on the switch um no issues there and and, and it plays great in handheld mode so um, I like to just, you know, chill in the bed while playing it or whatever. Oh, I see. Well, it's uh, been nominated for many awards, but it's won the Returnal Sony Interactive Entertainment. That's the one it had won in 21. Fuck knows. Hold up. Or was that Returnal as a game? Is Returnal the game that won that? Why is Returnal. it telling me that when I asked Dead Cells Awards? Fuck the thing. It doesn't have a clue. I personally have this on the Switch as well, just because for some reason I love getting indie games for the Switch. I get more indie games on the Switch than on any other console, and I don't even know why. Oh, okay. So it, it won Best Action Game at the Game Awards in 2018. Damn, I didn't realize this game has been out for that long. Holy shit. Nor did I. Why the fuck did my thing tell me all of this crap when I said Dead Cells Awards, and it gives me a list of other games? Returnal, <laughs> I'd never heard of. That's why I said it, thinking, what's that then? I'll hey, check Returnal, that out later. Returnal's great, man. I played and beat that recently, too. Of course you have. You played and beat and everything by the fucking sound of it. Dude, hey, my goal last year in 2021 was to beat more games, and so I, I accomplished that goal. I beat quite a few games in 2021. And Returnal's another roguelike game that looks quite good, and now that's more money on spending. This podcast was a mistake. I'm going to be skint by the end of it. Fuck. Keep, just keep in mind, Returnal is a PS5 exclusive. Oh, cock. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, on the bright side, I'm not playing that one then. <laughs> yeah. Don't but even you, have the console. But if you ever get a PS5, 100% recommend it return. Uh, it's, it's incredible. I will one day get one, obviously. But it's just a case of right now, for me, it's not cost smart. You know, you spend mm -hmm. all that money to get one. It's like, what can I get? What can I play on here that I couldn't play on PS4? Ah, yeah. Very yeah. few things. You might as well wait. And by the time I can get one, there'll be a PS5 Slim at this rate. Yeah, that's very true. I'm sure that's going to happen. Probably, shit, that could even happen before the end of this year. Well, they were already on about building them out of uh, more readily available parts because mm -hmm. it's it's funny how they're making more PS4s now because they just can't make enough PS5s. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, man. I can't believe they're doing that. Yeah, I'm kind of happy they're doing it because uh, mm -hmm. with the PS3, I love the PS3. Then PS4 came out, and I thought, why did I not buy a brand new PS3 and just keep it somewhere safe? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've done that with PS4 now. I got one in the cupboard, and my son's broke a little while ago his PS4, mm -hmm. the original model. And he says, Daddy, don't you have a slim version in the cupboard? It's brand new. I've gone, yes, I do. It's fucking staying there and all. We'll get you one on eBay. <laughs> that's actually smart, man. I never thought about doing that. that that's actually a pretty good idea. I know a lot of people that do it to sell it later on. It's like, nah, because these modern disc consoles, mm -hmm. you know, they break very fucking easy. Just yeah. from playing them, they find a way to die. It's like my PS3, I have others. I have spares. I don't have any that's new. PS4, I got a new one, and it's a slim, mm -hmm. which is the most reliable console. All right, it's not as high tech as the Pro, but mm -hmm. it, I would say it's more reliable than the Pro. So Yeah. And it's a bitch to take apart too, man. I fully disassembled a PS2 Slim not too long ago to to clean it and change the thermal paste, and man, it was a bitch. Uh, yeah, nuts to that. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm very happy I got this Slim, and I got a bargain one because it's the one that comes with Fortnite. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll never fucking play it, but hey, yeah. it's got the console, so screw it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So there we are. I think we've chatted long enough. We've gone on about. Kenner, Bridge of Spirits, Metroid Prime, mm -hmm. and Dead Cells, the indie game that's been around for longer than either of us realized. 
Yeah, I did not realize it's been out for that long, but I guess it has five, four or five years now. Five years probably. See, yeah. you're getting old now. Time's passing by, zooming past you and all that Dude, shit. I feel old, man. I feel <laughs> old, that's for sure. And I don't understand any of this. I don't understand newer the newer generation, dude. That and it, and that makes me feel even older for saying that. But dude, I don't fucking understand kids these days, dude. I just don't. <laughs> you don't have kids, do you? I do not. So that smart. doesn't help. <laughs> Very smart. That's why you're able to say I've beaten this game. Me, it's like I own it. It's on a shelf. Yeah, that's the yeah. big difference. Yeah. I do have a lot of furry kids, though, so I will say that, but it's different. It's different. Ah, you're a furry, right? I understand. No, no, okay. no, no. Hold on. Furry kids <laughs> as in pets. <laughs> I love that you jumped to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I Hey, look, if, if you're a furry out there listening and you're a furry, cool. You know, I'm happy for you, but it's not my thing. I'm not into it. That's right. If you're a furry and you're out there message matt he's got a lot to talk to you about he's just trying to be nice here but thank you very much for being a part of this shit tonight mate yeah man it was a lot of fun i really appreciate it and uh can't wait to get you on on the podcast we'll have a lot of fun man i don't know i gotta think about like what kind of topics i want to talk about when i get you on but we'll, we'll come up with something good excellent can't fucking wait yeah, so man. Thank you, everyone, for checking out this episode of the 16 Bitchin' Podcast. Please check out RetroWolf88, the channel, and RetroWolf Podcast. Also, Mama Wolf, which is funny yeah. as fuck, and <laughs> needs more subs. Deserves more subs. Yes, I've really been trying to build her channel up. We finally crossed 100 subscribers um, about a month ago, so that felt good. How old is that channel? I forgot to ask. Um, well, you know, her video started com started on my channel and then we split it off into its own channel. But her channel, we started um, middle, early to middle of 2021 is when we started our channel. They are still a good young channel then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'll put all of the links to all of them things, podcasts, both channels in the description for this podcast. Please check them out. And yes, I'll talk to you, you again very soon. Bye-bye. Later, everyone.